Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Scary Stories to Tell Your Sister. I'm Megan. And I'm Dana. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. How's it going today? Ow, I just like chomped down on a cough drop and it was painful. Chomped down? Like you have it in your mouth? Yeah, but it like slipped to the back of my mouth as I was trying to talk to you. And it just got caught between teeth. Not between, but like between the top and the bottom teeth. Yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't hear the crunch. That's why I was confused. At first, I oh. stepped on it and I was like, wait a second. No, I still am vocal fry fun times here <laughs> so cough yeah. drop once again abby's bringing me tea oh i'm jealous As tell you- her ask her if she can bring me some too abby bring megan tea hi how are you i'm good i'm good it was good. like a long week not like long long but just like oh i was ready for the weekend yeah and We've been doing some new, like, training routines with Ferris. He's going on a new daycare routine, rich, like, thing. So that'll be good. Oh, good. That's good. And it'll help him. I, um, I went to a, a market today. It was, like, Ugh. antiques and then, like, a flea market. Like, it had two parts. And it was a lot of fun, actually. Like, when I hear flea market, I don't get thrilled, you know? Yeah. Well, but- trust me, I know. I definitely agree with you about uh, flea markets. One time I found one online. I said, let's go to it. And I was unwell afterwards. It was not. I I have. Happy just heard me. And she said, it looked like stuff that had fallen off the back of a truck like 30 years ago. (laughs) Probably was. And like, I get it. There are some like, there are probably some good things, hidden gems in there too. But. There was also people who had done like obvious like couponing stuff and were selling their excess detergent. Totally. We saw those too. We saw that. But there was a lot of other cool stuff. I saw a couple of things that like I, I wanted and I got one thing that I wanted. It was actually in like the museum part and the Ooh. things weren't like necessarily for sale. But she, the woman that was in the store or the museum the little tiny museum like teeny tiny she had like this teeny tiny christmas tree and i mean like tabletop teeny tiny very small and it had like all of these really small ornaments on and when i say small i mean like think of like the size of a a little bean but like even smaller you know a bean they were so small and i just was so i don't know like mesmerized by them i guess yeah yeah like i just kept looking at them and looking at each one and there was like a little a little bird a little dog a little just all different kinds of things a person on a horse and she came over and she started talking to us and she said that it was a bunch of little cracker jack toys that she had collected years ago i love that and 
I was like, oh my gosh. And she's like, yeah, you know, nothing's really for sale here, but sometimes occasionally I'll sell a couple of those. And so then I was like, oh my God, I want one so bad. So she was like, sure. How many do you want? Because I really don't want to sell too many. And I was like, oh, I just want one. And so I got this little tiny one that reminds me of Gizzy, a bird that we used to have that passed away this last year. It was, it's so cute. You have to see it. I'll have to send you a picture later. It's adorable. But I think I have this idea in my head of what I want, like a flea market, thrift store, antique store, or whatever thing to be. I have this vision in my head. And when it's not that, when I have more a headache from like cigarette smoke, Yes, Others. yes, there are plenty of the cigarette, the cigarette smoke to go around, which is, which is fine. I'm not saying anything about that. I think it's like, if you want to do that, that's your prerogative. I'm saying it does not fit with the thought in my head. And when it doesn't match, I get more bummed. But I have found some locally that do match what I want. And I get so excited with that. Well, a cigarette does bother me because I'm allergic. So it gives me like a major yeah. headache. Yeah, no, same. But. It was it was cool. And they had like these little section that a little section that had like plants and then fresh fruits and vegetables. I got local honey and I got some popcorn. What's it called? Kettle corn. But it was caramel oh, kettle corn. That sounds and so good. It was. It is so good. I can't. I'm trying to stop myself from eating it. But oh, yeah. I can eat this. It was a big bag. I could probably eat this entire bag like by today but I'll try not to. I, you have, you have more self-control than I do. Mm, Not really. (laughs) Ray is here, so he could, he'll like say something. I'm sure like, you want to save some? But if he wasn't here, I'd probably mindlessly snack on it because my God, it's so good. Absolutely. I think kettle corn is one of those things that, because it's a mix of salty and sweet. Yes. Oh, it's perfect. Good mix of salty and sweet. So good. And another thing that I would change about flea markets, if I could, I guess they're not all the same, but this one in particular has a lot of that. I mean, it's Florida. So it has like a lot of that sandy dirt, like not the hard dirt. It's sandy. I don't wear closed toed shoes very often. So I had like Jesus feet, you know, like, yeah. But I mean, like, if you're going with the intent of being like, okay, I'm going to go, you kind of like be prepared for that mentally. I, I wasn't. I wasn't. And so I and wore white thing. Yeah. White open toed, white open toed shoes. And I think that's the thing. I think we have a mindset of how it's going to be. And I think it's going to go that it's going to be dusty. It's going to be musty. And you have to be ready for that mentally. And I know you and I are not often ready for that mentally no. with our with our sensitive headaches and overwhelming like systems i mean it's like coughing i'm like i'm so sorry i'm not my lungs are just weak go weak lungs. but no yeah so that could it pretty much like doing our my week was like work i worked every day this week did some research for this did some research on places to live in the world <laughs> every so often i'm like where can i go to what is it? And then I'm like, not yet. Even like United States. Like I looked at places in Florida. It's not going to happen. But I looked it up for fun. I even looked up like 
South Carolina <laughs> and Georgia, I think. And then Oregon. So jump. Yeah. Vermont, and then Vermont, places like that. It's fun to look. It is fun to look. I get into Zillow and Redfin rabbit holes occasionally. But it's fun. I get a couple of people on TikTok who like show weird places on, that found on Zillow and Redfin. Some really cool. Some really scary. Yeah, I can only imagine. We bought this house that we're living in like a year ago, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it has like a really large side yard. And my dream is to have bees. Oh, I love that. Abby would hate it. Is she allergic? She doesn't know. She's never been stung. Oh, oh. Yeah. She's never been stung. But since she has all those weird allergies anyway, she's like, why could it Frisk not be it. that? Yeah. She's like, I have. Because she's basically, she's allergic to tree nuts. And then she's allergic to like trees. Trees. Basically, they're. <laughs> They were like, because she passed out and went into the anaphylactic shock during the testing. Oh, really? But yeah, they, they, yeah, she was dying, and when they, and that's like such a a, a mild amount they they give you for testing. Yeah, and so she went to anaphylactic shock, and they didn't have an epipen in the room. What? So they're trying to leave the room. So she's like, I'm going down. This is it. And so they had to stop it. And they're like, well, basically. Certain things reacted, and one of them was like basically trees, which so like to the safe side would be like things like melons for some reason. One of the things like so melons she can't have. But wait, melons? I don't don't go on trees, but she can have citrus, which grow on trees. But okay, melons she can't have, bananas she can't have, and cashews. She can have cashews. Cashews are because ca- cashews are not tree nuts. They're not. Wait, I thought a cashew did grow on a tree. What is a cashew? She has a cashew. What did cashew grow on? Cashew is technically like a flower or something. It grows on a tree, but it. It's a tree. Yeah. Are you looking it up, Dana? Yeah. You're my t- tip tabbies. Yes. Okay. Technically, it's a flower or something, right? It's like no, something. So, so, so tree nuts do include. Brazil nuts, cashews, hazelnuts, pecans, pistachios, and walnuts. But she can have cashews. And she can have hazelnuts and pistachios. But she can't have, like, pecans and walnuts. So she's just a mystery. A woman of mystery. is. So, you know. Yeah. So she doesn't know about bees. But I want bees. I want honey. We stopped by a farm stand on the way home today. We took Ferris to a sniff spot, which is basically something akin to like an Airbnb for yards, like fenced in yards for dogs, Mm -hmm. like dogs who are like anxiety or reactive or just like we live in an apartment type thing. You want to have a place that's like safe to run and play. And so we get it for an hour and we took him there today after I got lost somehow turned around in a place we've been to multiple times we wanted to get dunkin donuts coffee and i took a wrong turn out of there i'm like okay let's follow the gps but i typed in the wrong address 
So the place is on Sweet Water Lane. And I typed in Sweet Grass Way. Well, maybe you sh- Oh. Or it's one of those things. And it's an H H town. And I'm not going to triangulate myself, but like, and the, it was similar, so similar with everything. Like, it was sweet something in an H town. I was like, okay, we'll come this way. And then we got them like, this is not where we're supposed to be. So we ended up going this back roads by some lakes and a power plant that I've never seen before. And I was like, but we got there and then we had fun. And then I was up on a farm scene on the way home and I got some honey and jam and maple syrup. Um, That's awesome. Fun. I know. I love that. I love doing those those kind of things. It was great. And we oh, came home with unsolved mysteries all afternoon while I finished it. Finished it. <laughs> Learning how to speak. Well, I finished up my research. Can you actually do both? Like watch the show and do research? Yeah. Because I already had all of my notes, like all my sources pulled up. And since it's old unsolved mysteries, it was like sometimes I get distracted, and that's probably why it took as long as long as it did for me to finish up like last minute notes. Yeah, because we also ordered lunch, and we were doing took Ferris out to go potty. So, yeah, you were always able to do that though, multitask in oh, that yeah. way. Yeah, I could not. Sorry, it was great. Oh, but good. I will tell you this: I was like, oh. Maybe there'll be an unsolved mysteries about this thing I'm covering. Was there? There wasn't. Oh. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you're covering. I know. On that note, I can't wait to hear what you're covering. What do you got? Well, today I'm going to tell you an intriguing story of how one psychic helped solve a murder investigation. Now, we've heard stories in the past of psychics calling in and giving a tip to police stations only for it to be discovered later that their claims had been made up or wildly inaccurate. And sadly, some psychics will sometimes take advantage of families in dire situations under the guise of being some sort of savior. Yeah. Families, false information that can give them false hope when there isn't any hope or destroy hope for those in a vulnerable position, seemingly only doing it all for financial gain. But then there are those whose intentions are pure. They share their gift, sometimes even teaching others how to hone it and help those in need with helpful, accurate information. One such psychic is Nancy Weber. She grew up in a psychic family with her mother and grandmother also having gifts. Now, trigger warning, this story does contain mentions of sexual assault and discusses murder. So this story takes place in New Jersey in 1982. Jim Moore, the commander of investigations, is looking into a report of a missing woman by the name of Amy Hoffman. Amy, a well-liked popular 18-year-old, was leaving her job at the mall just around 9.30 p.m. She said bye to a friend and walked toward her car. That marked the time when Amy would be last seen before going missing. It was the evening of November 23rd, just a few days before Thanksgiving. Her car had been found seemingly abandoned, 
in that mall parking lot, door ajar with her purse sitting right on the driver's seat. At that time, they didn't have any idea as to what was going on, where she was or why she wasn't with her vehicle. Meanwhile, around the same time, mother of two, Nancy Weber, is at home getting things ready for Thanksgiving when she gets a phone call. Nancy picks up the phone while the hair on the back of her neck begins to raise. Oh. On the other end of the line is a mother of one of Amy's friends. This woman knows of Nancy and her abilities, and she wants to know if there's anything that she that Nancy can do to help find Amy. Nancy doesn't say this to the woman on the other line, but she has vision as the woman is speaking to her of a naked body in water. Oh no. Nancy kindly encourages the woman to contact the family or the police and basically let them know that she's willing to help. And if they'd like her to help, reach out to her. See, she's worked with police de- the police department before. Okay. So this wouldn't be a new experience for her. At that time, Nancy's gut reaction was that Amy was deceased. And sadly, her instincts were spot on because Amy was found a town over by hikers, savagely murdered, lying in a reservoir. Mm. Now, eventually, this info was released to the public, and the story of Amy's murder was written about in the papers, of which Nancy came across. As she read the paper, she couldn't help but be completely confused. You see, Nancy had a vision, and in it, she saw clearly the word raped. And she also saw the body covered in lacerations uh-uh. but in this article it claimed the victim had not been raped nor were there any visible wounds on her body so nancy ends up speaking with detective bill hughes and explains to him how this article was so wrong and not only that but she was sure that this killer was going to strike again the interesting thing was that at the time the investigators didn't even know that she'd been sexually assaulted. Whoa. That was something that Nancy knew before anyone else. The task force enlisted to solving this this crime and trying to prevent another from occurring had little info to go off of. But after talking with Nancy, Bill is determined to get her involved. But he needs to find another open-minded detective that'll be willing to listen to what she has to say. So he approaches Jim Moore and he asks him if he'd like to pair up with him in working on this case. Okay. But Jim has been doing this for like 25 years. So he's not sure if, um, you know, he's going to do this because Bill is practically fresh out the womb. But Jim surprisingly agrees. Now (laughs) Bill has to figure out how to broach the subject of getting Nancy involved. Okay. He eventually summons the courage and asks, He finds that Jim doesn't believe in psychics, but he's willing to listen to what Nancy has to say. When Nancy tells them what she knows, Jim isn't sure whether or not it's a lucky guess or if there's something really to this whole psychic thing. The duo then invites Nancy to take a drive with them, and she agrees, but under one condition. She didn't want to know anything about the case. Smart. So they take Nancy to the mall where they find Amy's car. 
No, where they found Amy's car. Like, it's it's gone. She doesn't see the car now. Okay. But they didn't lead her to the exact spot. Instead, Nancy directed them to the very location that they needed to go and tells them this is where Amy was abducted. They had a few witnesses come forward who gave themselves who gave them tips of a man who was parked in a green vehicle that was nearby where Amy was parked. This information was never released and had not been conveyed to Nancy. But wouldn't you know it, Nancy was able to see in her mind a green vehicle nearby that she knew was involved. In her vision, a man comes from the green car with a knife and abducts Amy. She even tells them about the door being open and the purse being on the seat. And then another bit of info that has not been released. Ooh. The car has three taillights belonging okay. to a green Chevy sedan. So she's like really giving them, you know, information. But so far, not much that they, they know most of this minus the assaults. Next, they get Nancy back in the car and take her to another location without telling her the significance of this spot. She said when they arrived, it was, quote, like I was listening to commands inside. Walk here. Slow down. Walk this way. Eventually, she comes to a stop and describes the area as heavy and sick. I don't like that. Right? Then... She says something that really stuck with me because it's something we've discussed in the past. She says, land soaks up trauma. Yes, the air around holds it. And my gosh, isn't that true, Dana? That is so true. So we get like bad vibes and like our bodies react to it, you know? Right. You know, honestly, that's kind of how I feel when I go like antiquing or like to thrift stores with Ray, I feel like there's so much energy everywhere. Like some of the best that affects us with like it hurts your head behind your eyes. It's like it hurts my head behind my eyes. <laughs> that makes sense. Like my eyes have pressure. Yeah. Yeah. It's overwhelming. It's just like you feel a lot of energy and you like because all of the pieces belong to somebody else and their energy is with it. Exactly. So she clearly understands. So she tells the men that this is where everything happened. And this is accurate as the men knew this already. So Nancy is standing in the spot basically reliving what happened to Amy. She looks visibly pained. And that's because she could actually feel the pain. And she's disgusted to discover this guy in her vision is actually finding joy in what he's doing. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Piece of crap. Yeah. She tells the men that Amy had been stabbed after her death. But this is info they already know. And she realizes that she needs to give them something that'll help move the investigation forward. Something that they don't know yet. Yeah. And she does just that. She has a clear view of the killer. What? A man. Yeah. A man, six feet tall, thin, with a slim face and dark hair. 
Jim is impressed, but still not sure what he believes about Nancy's ability. He didn't know if she was just putting on a great show or if this was like actually true. But I feel like how would how would she have known? Okay, certain like I would be like immediately after the sexual assault realization and the wounds realization, be like, mm, what year is this again? Eighties. So okay, on. so like DNA and maybe like some of the crime scene aspects might not be as advanced as they they are not as advanced as as they are now. But to tell, like, time of things, maybe. Like, post-mortem or perimortem wounds. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. So, after this, the killer ends up striking again. Oh, no. Deidre O'Brien is the killer's next victim. She was leaving work late one night when another vehicle forced her to pull over. Deidre was abducted and taken to a rest stop. They know it was him because the same vehicle was witnessed that was witnessed in the first murder was witnessed again in this one. And Bill, Jim, and Nancy are now racing to find this killer before he does it yet again. They head to the rest stop where the murder took place, and Nancy has a vision of Deidre being pulled from the trunk of a green sedan. I don't want to get pulled anywhere. I know. And she can see the killer stab her in the abdomen and leave her there in the rest stop parking lot to die. Mm. Nancy is shocked to see that Deidre is is still alive when the killer leaves. She sees her get up and walk over to a truck nearby. Good for her. Nancy is, but Dana, she doesn't survive. Good for her, though. She did She did the best she could. I know, Dana. I know. She, she had that. She, she's doing the best, and she's leaving clues for herself. Yeah. This, this one breaks my heart. Nancy is basically walking them through it as though it was happening. I mean, they both break my heart, but yeah. You'll, you'll understand what I mean. Nancy is, like, basically walking them through exactly what's happening in real time. Like, well, what's happening then, but it, it took she's her reacting it. Like she's feeling the pain. She's reliving it in the Ex- moment. Exactly. They see Nancy banging on this imaginary truck and asking for help. And Nancy can see the truck driver come out of the vehicle and bring out a blanket to wrap Deidre in. And this made me want to cry because as he wrapped her up in the blanket, she said to him, thank you. I know I'm dying. And he held her as Deidre passed. I'm glad that she didn't, I'm glad that she was able to have love in her last moment. Love of it, love, like human kindness. Yeah, exactly. He was there for her. Bill confirmed that what Nancy was seeing was exactly what the truck driver had told them had happened. And Nancy was now pissed. So she's trying to replay these scenes in her head over and over and over again. Just trying to like get more what is it called just a clear details yes of anything to get what they need and finally she is kind of like able to zoom in and get a clear image she actually in her mind's eye makes eye contact with the killer and sees him unobstructed 
Later, the three of them are driving through a town that's unfamiliar to Nancy, Mendham Township. She gets this strong feeling that the killer hates the cops in this town, and she tells Jim and Bill. So they decide to go to the station that's in town and talk with them. But before they can even come up with a set plan on how they're going to do this, you know, bring this random psychic into a police station and ask questions, right? Nancy basically word vomits. She doesn't know where this is coming from, but she says, in the summertime, an officer whose name starts at the sea gave a ticket to a man. And she's saying this as they're like in the police station talking to one of the officers. And she's like, when they, and when they tell her, I'm sorry. And she tells them, you know, this officer, whoever it is, his name starts at the C. And the guy is like, oh, yeah, we know who you're talking about. It's Costanza. But she's not even finished yet. She then says another name. She says, I can see another name. James K. And then there's a blank. And then the last part is itch. So James and the last name. But she can't fully see the full last name. She sees the first half and the second half but not the middle. It's now imperative for them to speak to Costanza, but it's 82, it's the weekend, and he won't be back until Monday. So they head back to the office because they know that the task force needs to hear what info that Nancy has. That I mean, like, this is, this is a big break. Yeah. So Nancy is also able to see he's of Polish descent what? and once arrested in Florida for murder, but was released. When they get back to the office, she's not greeted with kindness and is actually asked to leave. (sighs) Jim asks why they want her to leave. And the prosecutor says because he knows who she is and what she is. And Jim, who was once a non-believer, is now angry and decides if she has to leave, then I'm going to leave too. And so he does. Later, Nancy feels extremely unwell. To the point where she has a really high fever, but her visions are not letting up. She sees the killer and he's stalking his next victim. She knows that time is of the essence. And so she calls some students from the psychic development slash meditation class that she taught throughout the years to help her. They come together and build what she calls a circuit. They build a great amount of energy as Nancy kept the killer in the forefront of her mind. And she says, quote, bring home to him all the pain he has given to women. Let him feel it and feel it. What, babe? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Let him feel it and feel it in a way that he can never give it out to anybody else in this world. Way to go. Way to go. Right? And after this session, she has this feeling of completion. Not long after this, Nancy is at home when Bill and Jim arrive at her door with news. They caught him. Yeah, they did. And this is how it went down. So this guy calls the police and says he's been stabbed in the back. So the police are dispatched. And when they get there, the officer, the first officer to arrive at the scene, sees this man standing next to his green sedan. With three taillights. Bing, bang, boom. Yeah. And this guy is like, 
I know who this is. The man has a minor wound on his back and the officer, like I said, recognizes the vehicle and knows that this has to be the guy. He asks the man for his name. And do you want to guess his name? Is the name she said? It is James Kadadich. The it's. I was yes. like, all I can remember was J and it. So I was like, oh, it's J it. Yep. James Kadadich. Nancy is like, oh my God, that is the guy. Bill is asking Nancy, what did you do? And she's like, what do you mean, what did I do? And he goes, James claimed he was stabbed by a woman with your description. Shut up. But the crazy thing was, they ended up finding out that he actually was the one who stabbed himself. And they don't know why. They don't, they have no idea. He never explained why he did that and why he made up that story. Forensics, forensics discovered DNA in the trunk that belonged to Deidre, which is where Nancy said she was. And there was, there were no witnesses to that. James Kadadich was found guilty of the murder of Amy Hoffman and Deidre O'Brien, and he was sent to prison for his crimes against those women. So, Dana. That is so creepy. I know. In the best way, if that makes sense. Like, the fact that that one scene, the, the circuit, I think you called it. Yeah. That reminds me of, I think you finally watched it, Practical Magic. Yes. Those are my all-time favorite movies. And there's a scene towards the end of it. I'm not going to give away anything if anyone hasn't seen it. Please watch it. Best movie ever. There's a scene where they do something very similar. Mm -hmm. um, Like connect each other to, you know, channel the energies that I think everyone has. And she did that in a way that was so badass and so amazing and the fact that like that energy happened the same time or the same not the same time but happened and then the domino effect that he describes someone akin to her right like even though he stabbed himself it was like was he doing it under the ruse or the guys or like the hallucinate like like not hallucinating but Almost like seeing her there and her doing it, right? But did she like, have an impact. Was she? Yeah. Did he? Did he actually see her? And it was like he was hallucinating it, her movements. Sorry, right? Pardon. But it was yeah. And like, did her psychic hand guide his dirty hand? Right. Right. Yeah. I think she was the driving force in that. I mean, it is so amazing what the human body is capable of and the ability that I think that each one of us has. Absolutely. So amazing. Absolutely. There's, there's so much we don't know. Sorry, I think I said tea. There's so much we don't know. And I think it's hard when you have like such charlatans, like the Miss Cleos and stuff like that, who basically swindle and scam people out of money in the guise of being a psychic when there's people like Nancy and other people that certain things happen that defy logic. Right. 
Have you seen the Miss Cleo documentary? I'm dying to see it. No, I haven't. Has it come out yet? I think it's on HBO. We'll have to do like a, a watch together apart. Yes, that, that could be the one thing we do for like all the people who want to do like a watch together but apart with us. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It feels on brand. Yeah, it does. Once again, that was amazing. I love it. It was a really good one. It was very on point for you. Yeah, I felt like it was too. And once again, I'm back to my basics with my old favorite stomping grounds with the woods and creatures that go bump in the night. And even more so, we're very synced again, Megan, because I'm going back to New Jersey as well. Get out. Nope. When you said it was Jersey, I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, that's so funny. So I'm going back to our little roots, the area in Jersey known as the Pine Barrens, and a folklore, urban legend, cryptid, whatever you want to call him, the Leeds Devil, or as we all know and love him, the Jersey Devil. Woohoo! Now, I don't know if you know much about the Jersey Devil. And in full honesty, I knew of the, the Jersey Devil, but I oh, don't ever think I ever delved down deep into the history of it to really know it. And since we only lived in New Jersey for one month and four years, respectively, I guess we can be excused for not knowing the intricacies of this lore. But that ends today. Apparently, this is our Jersey day. That's right. So there's a section in New Jersey that's known as the Pine Barrens. And this area is named because the soil in the area made it hard to cultivate the land for the settlers back in the day when Europeans first came over to take over the area that is now known as New Jersey. So it's a huge swath of land that wasn't really like developed for like agricultural purposes. But it does have like pines and trees and forests now, but it has like a sandy soil type thing. And despite it being close to both Philadelphia and New York City, the area is still widely uninhabited forest and preserve. In 1978, Congress actually designated 1.1 million acres of the Pine Barrens to become the National Reserve, the Pinelands, the Pine, the Pine. Dana, how many acres? 1.1 million acres. How how many acres is this? I must have missed it. Did you say? 1.1. Oh, how big is it? Yeah. Big. It's very big. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. The Pine Barrens is... So the Pine Barrens is now the 1.1 million acres. Okay. So, and it it actually covers 22% of the land of New Jersey. Okay. So, it's an all-encompassing, like, huge open space of Jersey. And it's just mainly a lot of, like, woods. And the United Nations also views it as an international biosphere reserve because there's some species of plant animal life that reside there that are endangered or at risk of being endangered so it's a it's a big area it's a big deal a big deal and because it's so big and yet so uninhabited it does see 
the traffic from cars and tourists that have been going by, but it doesn't have enough. That's, that's a train. I love it. <laughs> it doesn't have enough of a population or like traffic of foot and people to push something out. So something is there because they have been seeing sightings of something amiss in these woods for a very, very long time. Now, do you have any idea of what the Jersey Devil is supposed to look like? I think it has hooves, right? Yeah. I wanted to make a joke and say, look in the mirror, and that's what it is. That's when we, and that's when we left New Jersey and went to the South. They had to take me away. But the Jersey Devil, you're right. Um, it's Jersey is apparently only state demon was said to be a bipedal creature, which means two legs, like standing on two legs, and was often described as kangaroo-like, which I wonder if that has to do with, like, the form of the muscles of the leg. That's well, what I'm the, thinking. That's what I, Well, at least that's how I picture it, you like know? Thick, muscular legs. And it was described to have a head of a dog-slash-goat head, and it has thick leathery wings akin to bat wings and it has horns on its head it said which i think that tends to lend towards more of the goat like head descriptions Mm -hmm. and it has like small curved clawed hands like tight do you know how your picture like dinosaur like t-rex like small curved hands oh funny that's what i picture and a forked tail and cloven hooves and also, it move is said to have moved pretty fast, so it does look like me. It looks just like you, Megan. How do you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I have mirrors. You can look in the mirror. You can see that's it. And it's also known for a blood curdling scream. It admits. Ooh, but on the plus side, no glowing red eyes. So I mean, you win some, you lose some. Exactly. But I mean, in the woods, Megan, in the middle of nowhere. Would you rather see the Jersey Devil or the Mothman? Hold on. I'm closing my eyes. I'm in the woods. It's snowing. It's really dark. Nice. I have a flashlight. I'm looking ahead. I point the flashlight forward. I think I would rather see. I don't know, Jada. That's a hard one. I'm going to send you a picture of the Jersey Devil real quick. See, I was going to say I'd rather see this guy, but then I realized he has wings too. I think I would rather see the Mothman because I don't think I could see his features as well. What? I sent you him. Okay, let's see. Oh, my God. He's kind of cute. He reminds me of Pharisee Santa on his hind legs. (laughs) He's kind of cute. Yeah. But I don't know. He flies, too. But he screams. I don't want to see that. No, I would choose the Mothman. The scream would get me. Yeah. But I mean, like, I feel like there are, like, two sides of the coin. But I think with... It's funny, though. Because on the other hand, I think the red eye does mean with the Mothman. I don't like glowing red eyes. So I think I'm going to call the, the Jersey Devil to my to end my life. By just stepping forward a smidgen until I pass out and pass away. But yeah, so I kind of went off topic, but I love it. So the origin 
uh, the Jersey Devil is obviously not as clear as your thing. But there's many origins that are kind of like same, same, but different. So I'll go through them all. And at least the ones I could find that were mentioned more than once to kind of like put note of them. So first and foremost is the one that seemed to pop up more often than others. And this is the namesake of what it was prior to being known like ubiquitously as the the Jersey Devil. It was known as like the Devil of Leeds or the Lead Devil. And this is kind of like most people say it took place in Galloway Township and Leeds Point as the location of the origin. And there was a lady there known as Mrs. Leeds. Some story give her the first name of Jane. Other call, others one call her Mother Leeds. So Miss Mother Jane Leeds <laughs> was mother indeed because in the year of our Lord, 1735, she already had 12 kids. Holy crap, Dana, can you imagine? I have difficulty sometimes with just one. Yeah. Yeah. So she was also a Quaker, which is an offshoot of the Protestant Protestant religion. And I have a quote because I was like, Megan's probably going to ask me what Quakers are. So I have a quote from Wikipedia. So take, a, take that with whatever it is. It says, Quakers are people who belong to a historically Protestant Christian set of denominations known as the Religious Society of Friends. The Religious Society of Friends. Interesting. Members of these movements, or the Friends, are generally united by the belief in such humans' abilities to experience the light within or see God in everyone. So, in some, she was a Quaker. In others, she she was a sorceress or witch. So, Miss Mother Minister Sorceress Leeds <laughs> was a mother to 12 children. And when child number 13 came to be, Oof. Miss Leeds had, had enough. And in a cry and a curse of frustration, she called out, let it be the devil. Let it be the devil? Which, I mean, feel your feelings. Your feelings are valid. But I think... That if it was the case for me and my currently pine barren uterus was faced with the prospect of baby number 13 in the year 1735, I would be praying for a miracle child of obedience yeah. and ill, <laughs> not whatever the devil. I'm like, no, help, please let this child be the killest calm thing ever right i really do wonder what she meant by that because why would you wish that i mean not only for the child but like for your Your own sanity yeah i wonder if it was like taken out of construct like oh it must be the devil it's cursing you to be pregnant again but whatever happened the prayers or utterings seemed to reach the universe and her prayerful curse was received loud and clear and the 13th child was apparently born of the evil variety. And it was born with a screech. And with haste, it unfolded its wings that adorned its back and flew off into the night. And I, at first, when I, wrote this, I was like, I don't know if it's actually night or not, but my mental imagery says it's night. 
And then I look back at my notes and one of the tales does say it was a dark and stormy night. And this one actually says the child was indeed born, quote unquote, normal, as in the sense of no wings, hooves and tails, and that those soon develop. Can you imagine? Over time, like, I, I think that same night, like, here's your baby. Huh. What's your that? The, the little bum on its back. Oh, a little bum on its Oh, that's a shark bum. So, some say, I don't want that baby. The baby was confined until he escaped. Some say, beating everyone with his tail <laughs> before he escaped via the cellar or a chimney and then it's out there in the darkness and then dana yeah would you go after your baby absolutely not i think if it <laughs> wants to come back if you love it let it go it's meant to be it'll come back when it's not yeah <laughs> all i can think of is a christina aguilera song Which if one? you love something let it go if it comes back in that yeah, so if it comes back to me, I'm like, okay, I got you. I feel like it'll be like my little bird baby. I'll feed it. Perfectly. I'll love it. I won't nurse it, but I'll love it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine <laughs> nursing it and it biting off your nipple? No, or like swatting its wings. <gasps> like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Like, even like when I would bottle feed the babies, like they'd sometimes like kick or like pull up my face, like stop it, just drink the bottle. So <laughs> <laughs> not just a little claw, like hands and hooves. It's cool. Oh, that child was born without this stuff and it turned into that. Because imagine having hooves inside of you. No. Hooves? Can no. 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 Wings poking around. Dana, I already have a major fear of giving birth. I cannot imagine being pregnant with hooves. Yes. I think, what animal is it? I think it's a horse that's pregnant for like a whole year. Ooh. It's a, that whole, is, year, a whole year of hooves inside of you. That is not good. Not a good year. Yeah. So there's also another one that's has missed mother leads. But in this one, she's a witch, and her husband and baby daddy was the devil. So hmm. there's that one. But like I said, the origin is mainly with Mrs. Leeds and the baby, her 13th child, the lucky number 13. Oh, yeah. But there are a couple other origin stories that I'll go over real quick. One of them is that a young girl from Leeds Point fell in love with an enemy soldier from the British side during 1778 and when their love was discovered legend had it that it was called an act of treason and the town folk cursed her resulting in her giving birth to the jersey devil mm. and there was another one that was kind of akin to the intro story of beauty and the beast where there was a young woman in the area who encountered a passing traveler and this individual was begging for food, and the young girl was apparently frightened and refused. And as a result, she was cursed for her refusal. And she forgot about said curse until many years later. And one account said it was like 1850, she gave birth to her firstborn child, 
who was a son and who's also the culmination of said curse. And he was born the Jersey Devil. Mm. So we can see there's a lot of similar threads tying through it. And this is actually odd to me because all of these show that the devil was born of a woman, which I mean, like side eyeing all of that mess feels like a mix of like religious trauma and mixing of the time. Like the woman brought the evil on. But I feel oh. like different than all the other things you see, like the cryptid is like this creature born of nature or like other world thing, you know? Yeah. Like the moth is a creature who might have had like radiation stuff, Bigfoot, you know, things like that. But this one's like it was born of a human. So I thought it was very interesting because I was like, that's something that I didn't realize that it was saying that it was like a curse type thing. Yeah. So and all of these origin things are before the 1850s, so a long time ago. And the sights and the tales of this weren't unheard of back then. And I feel like it was almost like the rumor mill and gossip, like the original scary stories to tell your sister to make her afraid of the dark woods, you know? Like, mm, there's a there's a devil out there, you know? Mm-hmm. And another thing that is the fact that the Leeds family was known to be Quakers, and a lot of the area around there was Quakers, I think. They were, like, soured over time. And some people think that this was a rumor used to kind of slander the Leeds family because Sir Mr. Leeds, the head witch Dr. Devilman, apparently was married several times. And, like, all of his wives prior to that had died. So maybe it wasn't her 13th time giving birth. Maybe it was, like, she had previous stepchildren inherited and then, like, oh, kind of a 13th child. But side note I found was that one of the Leeds children, his name was Titan. He, at one point, accused Benjamin Franklin of being a ghost. So what? It's non-family. I'd say so. <laughs> I was like, this means nothing to the story, but I like it. <laughs> uh, but regardless of, like, the origin, you know, there have been countless stories and sighting, And even from, like, 1887 and all the way up until, like, the 2000s. So let's get into the sightings, okay? Mm-hmm. One of the earliest was a man named Joseph Bonaparte. And now you might know that name because he was, in fact, the older brother of Napoleon Bonaparte. Oh. And he had some titles and land, and he was emperor himself, or did to other, maybe Napoleon was emperor, but Joseph had titles and land. But at one point in 1812, Joseph was hunting near his estate in New Jersey when he claimed to have witnessed the devil himself. And around that time, there was also unexplained animal attacks and strange footprints that began to fuel the legend and reported sightings of it. Mm. And in 1909, there was a report in the Trenton Times newspaper about the lead devil with the byline men- mentioning hoofprints in the snow, whirring noises in the air, and other uncanny manifestations. And in that same year, in 1909, there was nearly 1,000 reported sightings 
that were in South Jersey of that creature. One of them was a Navy commander named Stephen Decatur, claimed to have hit an unfazed devil while testing out cannonballs at Hanover Mills Works in the Pine Barrens. So he's shooting cannonballs and this creature comes out. He hits it, he says, and the creature is unfazed and flies off. Oh, my God. And a cannonball is not light. Yeah. yeah. And in that same year, there were strange tracks that were also found amongst, like, the land. And they took bloodhounds and other dogs out to track the set. Like, to be like, okay, guys, taking the dogs out, we're going to find out what is causing these tracks and stop all the rumors and the fear. The dogs refused to track. Hmm. They said no. Which brings me back to last week's episode where we know that sometimes animals just know things that we don't want to know. So yeah. good on you, blood. Good on you, bloodhounds. And so this so-called devil craze became so prevalent at the time that the schools in the Pine Barrens were closed. Wow. They were afraid of anyone like going out and like getting attacked or whatever, you know? Yeah. So it just shows like how seriously they took it. So I'm jumping ahead now to 1927 when there was a cab driver a Salem City cab driver. He was changing a tire that had popped. So he pulled over to the side and he's using the spare. And as he's looking over, he sees something in the distant woods and it gives him a no, no thank you vibe. Yeah. He gets back into his car to drive away, but the devil flew right towards him and was pounding on the roof of the cab. Oh, my God. And until he kept, he kept driving until the devil apparently just flew away. Oh, my God. I don't like the pounding. Right. I just think, like, closed fists and, like, whacking the hell out of the top of the vehicle. Or imagine him using his gloves and, like, kicking it. <laughs> Kangaroo legs. <laughs> oh. And I think that also makes me pause because i know like the mothman flew over cars but i don't think he ever like banged on it no this one gives me more like jeepers creepers vibes oh i hate that movie i don't ever finished that movie because like, i was so afraid of that movie dana that one freaked me out too i don't want to in the 1960s there were multiple reports of people living in the area of may's landing that heard horrifying screams in the middle of the night with no explanation Made everyone alert and frightful. Like to the point where there was rewards and wanted signs posted all around the town, despite police hanging up flyers saying the devil was a hoax. Huh. Now, I think I still have one of the wanted signs. But that's where the picture comes from that I sent you. Oh, okay. And it offered a like 25, 2,500. I'm sorry, no. $250,000 reward. I was thinking $2,500 is a lot of money for that time. Yeah. And like $250,000. And there's even a rumor that I couldn't validate, but there was even a circus owner who wanted to over... Sorry. So there was, with the wanted sign, an over $250,000 reward. And some even said a circus owner wanted to pay over a hundred thousand dollar reward to anyone who could capture the devil to prove the p- police wrong that it was not a hoax a hundred thousand 
Yeah. So those money that I had used an inflation calculator, and that's over a million dollars in today's money. So the two hundred fifty thousand would have been over two million, like two point five million dollars. Oh my god. Yeah. So I also watched a documentary that had a person recounting their experience. Her name was Gary Pomari, and in nineteen sixty four. They went down to the shore, the seaside, for vacation. And on the way back home, they were driving through the pine pines in their convertible with the top down. When all of a sudden, she and others in the car heard the screaming. And they, she looked over and she saw two red lights. Like, she's the only one who saw something akin to glowing red eyes. So she sees something like glow, like red in the distance. and. It looks like it's swinging amongst the trees. And about two minutes later, they see the thing fly across in front of them, making them slam the brakes to stop short from hitting it and just staring at it in fear, not moving until it did. And I said, I don't like that. Standing in the field? Yeah. It just don't sit in the road in front of them. (gasps) It like flew across and stopped. They had to stop. Oh, my gosh. Right? More Jeepers Creepers vibes. No. So then we moved to the 70s. So we're, we're, inching, we're inching forward, you know. And this is Mary Rotzer Christensen. And she was driving back from Blackwood to Glassboro down Green Tree Road, giving you all these, all these directions so you can go there, too. I already know where that is, Zane. Absolutely, because you're the you're you're the devil himself. Yeah, I guy stuttered, but yes. And she described that she was overcome with the heebie-jeebies, the jeeper creeper. And she looked behind her car, and she saw something crossing the road behind her. She said it was a towering figure that stood taller than an average man with thick haunches, which lends me to think of the kangaroo aspect of that story. Dana, what are haunches? Like it's legs, the haunches. And keep in mind, though, she also said that it had a goat-like head. This was nighttime, and apparently it was 25 feet behind her car. So I don't know how, if she was moving or if she was parked or alone. So I don't know how she was able to see it because, case in point, when Abby and I were in Florida one summer for Grandpa's funeral, we were driving down I-4, and it was, like, starting to rain. And we saw an animal that had been struck and killed on the side of the road. And so we're driving down I-4, so we're not going slow. And in the rain, Abby was like, is that a dead kangaroo? And I said, no, that's, like, a deer. But she was like, I've seen deer. That's something else. So I feel like that just shows that you can see something in the moment and be like, it must be there. Oh, for so. sure. I, I, I see things all the time that make me think, you really need to get glasses. <laughs> but I feel the only thing that, like, gives me pause with this is the the bipedal, the walking on two legs. I'm always like, ooh, that's, that's harder to explain. Yeah. But on the other hand, there are those who are the forest rangers who are in that area day in and day out who know the area, have the lay of the land. And in 1980... There was a strange account of some animal death in a Jersey farm. And let me see the trigger warning here for just some animal gore. 
talking about what happened. There was a pack of pigs that had been killed and the back of their heads were eaten and their bodies were torn with no tracks surrounding the area and no blood on the ground surrounding it too. What? I said Jersey Devil. Meet Chupacabra. Yes. So I'm bringing all the cryptids back to this one. And there was no explanation as to what happened. And I was like, wait, what happened to these pigs? What was it? Right. I don't like it. And in 1988, there was a report that a man had said that he had seen the creature seven years ago. So that was 1981. And he said that he was so close to it. He could describe it down to its very large teeth. Wow. Which I feel like if I can see any creature's teeth unprompted and un, like, consensual, that's too close for me. Right. I don't want to see anyone's teeth. And it's funny because I saw a TikTok the other day of a lady who, she opened the door and there was a brown bear just sitting on her porch in the snow. Yes. Just, like, so unbothered. And she's like, she knows the bear, I guess. And the bear, like, goes to saunter away. She's like, wait. Wait, please come back. Close the door. And the bear listens. He stops and, like, comes back, steps a little bit into her house, and grabs the doorknob in its mouth to close the door. I'm Dana, I saw him too. And she rakes him, like, as a, like, brushing, petting him. She uses, like, a rake. She didn't pet him in this one. But I was like, wow, that bear is in your house, even for a second. That is too long and too close. Oh. I want to pet him so badly, but I don't, need, I don't even know where I live. Yeah, probably not for the best. No, but I digress. We're still in the 80s, and there's a group of friends that are going camping in the Pine Barrens. And they also came equipped with dirt bikes. And I had to take a moment to remember that dirt bikes are different than mountain bikes. Because they have the motors on them. Mm-hmm. So are they splitting up? Some of them decided to stay back at the camp. And the other ones are said, we're going to go on the trails with their bikes. The, the, group, the group with the bikes, they're going down their trail. And all of a sudden, all of the bikes simultaneously stall. And one of the members said, maybe it had something to do with the nearby power plant. Which I don't like that explanation either. Right. I'm like, if that affects the bikes, how it's affecting your body, but whatever. Yeah. They said, well, we got to head back to camp, I guess, you know. So they're going back to camp, and they hear a piercing, inhuman scream that cuts through the woods. And they find out the ones who stayed behind also heard the scream at the same exact time. And, like, later on, when the guys goes to the bars, like, I heard this really weird scream. I don't know what it was. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, you probably saw the, the devil or heard the, heard the Jersey devil. And, like, I think, I saw what now? I heard what now. And I wonder if it's, like, the bartender trying to, like, rib him up. Like, yeah, I must have been this thing, you know? But either way, I would not be, I would not be happy camping. No. I'm the middle of this little burrito. Everyone needs to be piled next to me and on top of me. Yeah. I'm at the bottom with my head poked out so I can breathe. And so... Yeah, so they, I don't know, I don't know how long they stayed after that, but that was, like, I think what's scary about that one is the timing of the all the bikes stalling and the scream. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. And in 1993, there was another forest ranger that 
was involved with the Jersey Devil, but this time it was as an eyewitness. So he was driving along the Maluka, 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 Maluka River when there was a strange creature that was blocking the road in front of him. He said it stood over six feet tall and it had horns and a body covered with matted black fur. And they kind of stood in a standoff with one another until the creature finally broke their game of chicken and turned off to go into the woods nearby. Which, I mean, I, too, wouldn't want to be the one to look away first. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, especially if I'm safe in my car, I would look at that thing until my eyes started to burn and blur to make sure that it's not coming at me. Because imagine that you blink, and like in a blink, it's like, no, oh, yeah. Absolutely not. No. So there's a couple more quick ones. Another one was in Galloway Township itself, which, if you remember, is the place everyone says it was the originate. Sorry, one second. The other one is in Galloway Township itself, which, as you remember, is well known as the origin place of it. And there was a Fran. There was a Fran. There's a Fran. Oh, Fran. There's a lady named Fran Coppola, who was the owner of Smithville Inn and Village. And one night she was taking out the trash when she noticed a strange shadow projected on the wall before her that made her pause. She looked up and saw the shadow in its entirety of a beast with wings. Mm-hmm. While that image had to be frightening, Coppolo said she felt calm as if the Jersey Devil was watching over her. Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, I said mindset, but I, I don't. Said- Go ahead. I don't think I'd have the same view. Right. I mean, I said, I hope that if I saw it, that I would have peace at the moment as like a numbness. But I don't know if I want the Jersey Devil to be my guardian angel, Cryptid. I mean, maybe it makes sense because we both do love a nice cathartic scream. (laughs) But Megan, go once again. If you had to choose one cryptid as your guardian angel type, what would you choose? Okay, can you name some for me? There's Bigfoot. There's the Mothman. There's Jersey Devil. There's Nessie. There is I'm trying to find some more cryptids for you. I need all the all the cryptids I can get. There's Loch Ness Monster, the Loveland Frog, Megalodon is a cryptid as well. Oh, really? Oh, but- yeah, Ogopogo, which is like champ type thing. So there's Bigfoot, Big Cat, the Chupacabra, Dover Demon, the Lizard Man. And I went to the Lizard Man Museum. <laughs> there's, yeah, Skunk Ape. Oh, that's yeah, that's the Florida, Florida one. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you give Daddy. me enough. I think I will choose Sam Torn because the Loch Ness Monster has, like, the biggest place in my heart. I love the Loch Ness Monster. But my guardian angel, I would hope, would be able to travel next to me wherever I was, you know? And we know that the Loch Ness Monster can cross the road, but I don't know how long it can survive. <laughs> I'm really thinking about this. So I'm going to have to go with, say it, 
I'm trying. I'm trying to okay, think. What it. about on vibes alone? What, Vibe what, like good vibes. Like your heart song. What does your heart song tell? The kindness of the Loch Ness tells me that, but the Jersey Devil seems like it can really whoop ass and would be kind of like a cat with its tail, like swinging around a little, like you know, it's like, your baby. It's your baby. You nursed him. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I think I would choose Bigfoot. Aww. I could choose Bigfoot or Nessie. Yeah, Nessie or Jersey Devil. There you go. So, there are two more that are the most recent ones. And, I'm sorry. Okay. There are three more. And then the train just honks. It's like, and it says, there was three cars one time traveling on Route 9. So, Route 9 seems to be the main thing. And they said a 10-foot-tall Jersey Devil figure with a long head and short, flat ears ran across the road. Another witness, so three cars had slammed on the brakes again when it came out, said that the creature first came from a wooded area near a mini mall and galloped galloped (laughs) in front of the traffic, disappearing into the woods on the other side of the road. I'm just picturing this gallop on just two legs, you know? I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, I like it. I think it's just like, he's just like, hey, pardon me. And he's just galloping on. He's got to get somewhere, you know? I had to go near the mall. He had to get his, his suit. Exactly. His Panda Express. And that's what I was thinking. Those, that what is that? Honey? Orange chicken. No, the shrimp. Oh, honey walnut shrimp. Oh, my God. The best thing in the whole entire world. It is. Oh, there's no Panda Express near me. I'm so oh, really? Right now. So, there's no Panda Express. Maybe that's why it's the Jersey Devil and not the the Boston Devil. They're right. And one of the most recent sightings took place in Galloway Township in October of 2015. So, that was just seven, no, no, eight years ago <laughs> when David Black was driving along Route 9 again near a golf course when he saw what he thought was a llama walking in and out of the tree line. And I would have pulled over so fast if there was a wood llama. Right? It's like you with the cows. I'd be like, whoop, llama. I'm intrigued. Um, But thankfully, David did not because suddenly the creature spread his wings and flew away. He captured the beast image with his cell phone. No. The photo went viral. Diane, just you wait. A few days later, after David Black saw this this creature and got this beautiful picture, Emily Martin shot a video, which appeared to be the same creature after she spotted it on Old Port Republic Road near Leeds Point. Both of them swear the image or the video were edited or set up, and some have seen it are suspicious. Okay, I need to see it. I'm going to send this to you. I want you to tell me, why would they be suspicious of this picture, Megan? Why would they be suspicious? Let's see. Hold on. I'm excited. Okay. So, Megan, I'm going to send it to you right now. So, here is. There it is. Okay. Okay, let's see. All right. It looks like somebody took their pet goat and launched his ass. (laughs) 
with a pair of like fairy wings like strapped on. Yes. I just threw it in the air and said, Go with God. Yeah. Oh man, that is so funny, Nana. It's my favorite thing. I thought that was a joke at first. And I was like, no, this can't be. This can't be what they're talking about. But yeah, no. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome because I don't know. It's just like, it is the most beautiful, ugly thing ever. It's adorable, but it's not. Oh, that, no. that, that one's adorable. The look at the drawing of him before this tiny. It's funny because you think of a kangaroo as having strong legs, but the legs they drew on him in the 1800s were twigs. They are. They're like, so skinny. Like One thought of my foot is yeah. gone. Yes. Yeah. Do you know that it's the official state demon? It's the official state demon? Mm-hmm. Does every state have an official demon? I don't think so, but it was. It's some, um, you know. The official state demon. Interesting. Yeah. Dana, I love it. Megan. So that's it. That's your, that's your, um, your guardian angel, your yeah. guardian cryptid. Jersey I, I'm so glad that I chose either the Jersey Devil or the Loch Ness Monster. Because if this picture is real, well, I will just be so happy to invite that Jersey Devil right inside my house. Can you imagine him popping up and being like, got you. I got your back. I would love it. I love it so much. But yeah, that's Jersey Devil. Do you think fact or fiction, or what do you think it is? There's not enough for me for this one. There's not enough evidence. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. No, absolutely. I handle. And the thing is, I didn't get into the full thing of the Pine Barrens. Because they have, there is also Lenape people who are the indigenous people of the Pine Barrens. They also had a, a creature that was called like Msing, which was also a, described as a deer-like creature with leathery wings. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that gives me more pause that there might be something there. Yeah. I feel like there is some different things you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i don't believe that it's like a a devil a demon yeah i don't know but i think that they the people that have seen something they probably saw something but i don't know what it was yeah i feel like some of the earlier ones are like some of the boogeyman type things like don't go in the woods alone don't do things like that or this thing will get you yeah made to like take the you know the Leeds family down, but I can't find where it was. But there was even there's more creatures that are that are there. Right, right. There, yeah. No, the, I'm sorry. There's there are. It says there. The, here's a list I found of the legend, tales, and folklore of the New Jersey Pine Barrens. There's the Jersey the Jersey Devil. Captain Kidd, who is a pirate, a ghost. The Black Dog, which is a different than a normal, like, the Black Dog ghosts are normally, like, bad omens. This is a little different, apparently. It's a happy little spirit. Mm -hmm. 
There's another. There's a couple ghosts here. The, the golden hair, the golden hair girl, the black doctor, and the white stag. So there's a lot of things that have been seen there. Mm. So I wonder if, like you said before, it has a lot of energy in the in the land. Yeah. So the muscle, but I agree. I don't think this flying pygmy goat is it. No, but I love it. And I love it. And I love you. And I love all you listeners out there. And especially those who rate and review us wherever you find us every week, every Sunday. We're here for you. Also, today is daylight savings time. So I hope you have many, many coffees, many, many sleeps, all the good stuff. And keep keep it on, keep it up. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. You can contact us via email at scarysisterspod at gmail.com if you have any stories suggestions any fun things to share there we'd love to chat with you and yeah until then megan do you have anything else to say before i sign us off love you bye stay safe and stay spooky bye oh.